Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? In a moment when we leave this area, please be sure to take along all your personal belongings, including your imagination. Our McDonnell Douglas flight to the moon takes place sometime in the future, when travel to outer space will be an everyday adventure. A vista into a world of wondrous ideas, signifying man's achievements, a step into the future, with predictions of constructive things to come. Tomorrow offers new frontiers in science, adventure, and ideals, the atomic age, the challenge of outer space, and the hope for a peaceful and unified world. With those words, Walt Disney dedicated Tomorrowland on opening day, July 17, 1955. And true to his word, one of the land's most prominent attractions in its early days was one that took Disneyland guests beyond the park and into the reaches of outer space, to our celestial neighbor that orbits our planet from afar. That attraction is called Rocket to the Moon, and it's our next stop in Discoveryland. Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. Welcome aboard, space travelers. The small TV monitors you see are keeping track of various activities here and out in space. The men over here are watching operations on the spaceport itself. We have tracking and traffic control and space mission monitoring. And also, we're receiving pictures from various Earth observation satellites. The 1950s was a time in which dramatic leaps in science and technology were made. Advancements in medicine such as ultrasound, the polio vaccine, and the implantable pacemaker were introduced. Inventions such as optical fiber, microchips, and barcodes debuted. Air travel via commercial passenger planes began, getting people from one place to another in a fraction of the time it took via ground transportation. In the home, microwave ovens made their first appearance, and television became commonplace. And internationally, the space race between the United States and Russia was underway. Space was the final frontier, and both countries devoted immense resources to get to it. Additionally, the 1950s were a golden age of sorts for the sci-fi genre, particularly in film. Movies such as The Day the Earth Stood Still, The War of the Worlds, and Forbidden Planet captured the imaginations of audiences. Given this, Americans were fascinated by the idea of space travel and the prospect of further scientific advancements to better mankind. One of those Americans, of course, was Walt Disney. The late Marty Sklar, one-time president of Walt Disney Imagineering and Disney Legend, said to Esquire in 2015, Walt Disney had one foot in the past because he loved nostalgia, and one foot in the future because he loved new technology. End quote. Indeed, if you look at Disneyland in 1955, it perfectly represented all of Walt Disney's interests and ideals. 
you had Main Street USA, which was an approximation of his boyhood home of Marceline, Missouri. There was Adventureland, where adventure, romance, and mystery intertwined. There were the wilds of Frontierland, in which the story of Frontier America was told. In Fantasyland, Walt Disney's cinematic accomplishments in animation were showcased. Then in Tomorrowland, technology, space travel, and world peace were celebrated. This brings us to one of 1955 Tomorrowland's signature attractions, which would evolve over 20 years, but ultimately begin life as Rocket to the Moon. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. During our flight, I'll select pictures from television cameras mounted outside our spacecraft and put them on various screens in your cabin. We're on final countdown now, so I won't be speaking to you again until we're well on our way. T minus five, four, three, two, one, ignition. The Disneyland TV series premiered on broadcast television in October 1954. Airing on the ABC network, it was intended to promote Disneyland by giving viewers a preview of what was to come once the park opened, as well as serving as a sort of documentary series relating to the subject of each of the park's lands. Of course, the series itself was part of a deal that had been worked out with ABC in order to secure necessary funding for the park's construction. For the Tomorrowland episodes, Walt Disney tasked animator and friend Ward Kimball with assembling a team to put together content to present in the series. Walt referred to his goals for Tomorrowland as being rooted in science fact, rather than science fiction. German scientists Werner von Braun, Willy Ley, and Heinz Haber, now living in America, were brought in to help craft the content of the episodes. They would also serve as co-hosts during their segments. The team settled on the idea of what it might be like in futuristic 1986, when a trip to the moon was an everyday occurrence. Two of the Tomorrowland episodes focusing on space, titled Man in Space and Man in the Moon, aired in 1955. A third, Mars and Beyond, aired in 1957. It was those first two episodes, however, that set the tone for what guests would be able to experience at Disneyland's Rocket to the Moon. On the upper screen is one of the weather satellites that send back hundreds of pictures of the Earth's atmosphere every day. Now observe the lower screen, please. We're bringing you a picture of a space commuter bus. Earth Control has advised us that we are now clear of traffic. In a few seconds, we'll begin mid-course maneuvers and we will experience partial weightlessness for a short time. There is no cause for alarm, but by the way, hold on to any loose belongings. And no floating about the cabin, please. Flight control to cabin. Gyro control on. Rocket to the Moon was designed as a simulator attraction that would take Disneyland guests on a voyage from the park to the moon and then back. While Disneyland uses multiple ride simulators today, including in Star Tours, just yards away from where Rocket to the Moon once stood, Rocket to the Moon was the first. The experience was put together by Disney legends John Hench, Claude Coates, and Peter Ellenshaw. The main visual draw to the attraction was the Moonliner, the 80-foot rocket that was the tallest structure in Disneyland at the time, taller even than Sleeping Beauty Castle by three feet. 
The rocket was said to be one-third the scale of what an actual rocket taking people to the moon would be. It was painted in brilliant white and red, bearing the TWA logo, since they were the original sponsors of the attraction. On the side, near the top, was a small cockpit, and landing legs with shock absorbers occupied the bottom part of the rocket. The show building was constructed in the mid-century Googie style of architecture, creating a futuristic look. It was a bright white, consisting of an entry hall where guests would wait while a video played on a screen explaining the making of the attraction. There, they were routed towards one of the building's two theaters, or passenger chambers, as they were referred to. Diana and Luna, as they were called, and later renamed Arcturus and Polaris, were the two dome-shaped theaters that resembled observatories. The seats were arranged in circular tiered rows. At the top of the theater was one screen, designed to look like a window, which showed guests where they were going, and at the bottom of the theater in the center was the second screen, showing them where they were coming from. Motors below the theater helped to simulate the feeling of motion. As guests watched Anaheim grow smaller and smaller below them, they saw the blue sky turn into the blackness of space above them. A narration played chronicling their adventure and providing facts about the solar system. The rocket would circle around the moon and then return to Earth, landing on its legs, just as some SpaceX rockets are capable of doing today. TWA sponsored the attraction until 1962, when it was taken over by Douglas Aircraft. At that point, the Moonliner out front was repainted in white and blue, along with the Douglas logo. Flight 92, this is Copernicus Control. Radar contact. Your altitude at closest approach will be 045 miles. Velocity 6,020 miles per hour. Control clear. As you can see, the moon is riddled with thousands of craters of various sizes. Right now, you can see a telescopic shot of the moon base we were in communication with. They're sending us a bon voyage by laser beam. In just a minute now, we'll pass into the lunar night, and flares will be launched so that you can see some of the surface. Fire one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now leaving the dark side of the moon and moving into the sunlight again. You can see the Earth on the upper screen. Rocket to the Moon opened on July 22, 1955, missing opening day by five days. It ran through September 5, 1966, closing with the rest of Tomorrowland for the great 1967 makeover. When Tomorrowland reopened the following year, Rocket to the Moon was gone. In fact, the show building had been demolished. The Moonliner was nowhere to be seen. In place of the attraction now stood Flight to the Moon, sponsored by McDonnell Douglas. The audio clips you have been hearing throughout this episode are from Flight to the Moon. The premise of this remade attraction was essentially the same as its predecessor. The new show building still had two theaters, but they had been enlarged and received technological upgrades. These included moving seats, updated video, and a new soundtrack. Screens were also placed around the middle of the theaters, giving riders a different look at points of interest in space. The facade of the attraction contained a distinctive fin, reminiscent of the McDonnell Douglas logo. A mission control pre-show had also been installed, featuring audio animatronics who were working on computers and monitoring operations. Operations director Tom Morrow 
get it, Tom Morrow, explained what guests were seeing in mission control as they waited to board their spacecraft. Ultimately, Flight to the Moon was more of an upgrade to Rocket to the Moon than a completely new attraction. However, with Apollo 11 astronauts landing on the moon just two years later, Flight to the Moon quickly became less tomorrow and more yesterday. It closed on January 5, 1975 and reopened on March 21, 1975 as Mission to Mars. Since it would be a while before humans would actually make it to Mars, I mean, we still haven't gotten there, Mission to Mars lasted all the way through November 2, 1992. Stand by. Attention, please. We've just passed through a shower of meteoroids, sometimes called shooting stars. We took a few hits, but we'll make it home all right. Traffic control has given us a priority re-entry clearance. As you can see on the lower screen, we're almost back to Earth, and in a few seconds, we will increase power for terminal deceleration. Please remain in your seats until all rockets are shut down. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived back at the spaceport, and you may now leave the spacecraft. We're happy to have had you aboard, and we hope you'll fly with us again. After Mission to Mars closed, the building sat for four years before Tomorrowland received another big makeover in 1998. It was transformed into Red Rocket's Pizza Port, a restaurant serving up dishes such as Marzanara, Countdown Chicken Fusilli, Lunar Cheese Pizza, and one of my personal favorites, the Chocolate Parfait. Save for the aluminum paneled walls on the inside, there was little resembling the attraction that once occupied its building. However, one notable feature was added near the entrance to Pizza Port. A two-thirds size model of the Moonliner was added, painted in the same white and red color scheme the original initially had. However, the new Moonliner hovered above a Coca-Cola stand, announcing that it was delivering refreshment to a thirsty galaxy. Over the years, the distinctive fin on the building's facade received new paint schemes, including a 1960s mod color palette in 2013. Twenty years after its opening, while the Disneyland Resort was celebrating its Pixar Fest promotion in 2018, Red Rocket's Pizza Port was permanently changed to Alien Pizza Planet, as seen in Toy Story. The Moonliner lost its historic TWA paint scheme and received a look more similar to the rocket seen outside the restaurant in the film. While still painted in a different pattern of white and red, the rocket now reads Pizza Planet on its side. As Walt Disney once said, Disneyland will never be completed, and this is highly evident with the attraction that began life 65 years ago as Rocket to the Moon, which then transformed into Flight to the Moon, and then Mission to Mars, before finally settling as a pizza and pasta restaurant. Who knows what the future will hold for this hollowed ground at the back of Disneyland's Tomorrowland. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. 
I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.